Hey guys, if you are struggling to stay focused, I get it. With everything that's going on in the world right now, it feels a little bit like Groundhog's Day. The kids are always here, and so there is no difference between Monday and Saturday. And it's one of those reasons that I want to make sure that you guys know about our Start Today brand. Start Today began with my Start Today journal. Several years ago, I came up with this product for myself that would help me to practice gratitude and to make sure that my goals were crystal clear in my mind as part of my morning routine. At the beginning of this year, I launched my priority planner, which was a way for you to take the biggest goal in your life and break it down into bite-sized pieces so that you could actually start to make traction. So if you have not checked them out yet, oh my gosh, go to starttoday.com and check out our newest line available in Target stores all over the US and of course at target.com. If you know that right now you need to stay on task, you need to stay on target, please check out these products. I think that you will love them as much as I do. Starttoday.com or target.com to start today the right way. You guys, after months of waiting and a year of writing, my new book, Girl, Wash Your Face, is finally out in the world. I want to thank you so much, every single one of you who has bought the book on ebook or a physical copy or on audio. Your support means the world to me. And if you are listening to my podcast and you haven't yet bought the book, you're dead to me. No, I'm totally kidding. But I am serious about how important this book is. I keep talking about it because I sincerely believe there are tools in it that can help change your life. So if you have the $16, I want you to go buy it right now because you love your pal Rach. And if you don't, head to the library or borrow it from a friend. But if you care enough to listen here, you're going to love the wisdom inside of this book. Girl, wash your face. I promise you will not be sorry you did. I'm going to design a bag one day that does all the things and it's going to look beautiful. Welcome to the Deus Podcast. My name is Rachel Hollis and I've built a multi-million dollar media company with a high school diploma and a Google search bar. Each week, we'll share direct, tangible advice or inspiring interviews with the same intention. These are the tools to change your life. I am so excited to bring you today's episode of the podcast because it is an interview with my sweet friend, Megan Wood. Now, if you're a new mama or you have been one in the last few years, then you might be familiar with Megan's company, Lily Jade. Lily Jade produces the most amazing, gorgeous leather diaper bags that are so pretty, I actually carry one as a purse. If you have never heard her story, you're going to be so inspired, not only by what she's built, but by who she is. I can't wait for you to hear and be sure and check in on Instagram and tag me and tag Lily Jade and let us know what you think of today's episode. 
So for people who are not familiar with you already, Megan, will you tell us what you do for a job and how you got to this place? Rachel, first of all, I just want to say thanks. Yes, I am Megan Wood, and I co-founded the brand Lily Jade um, with my husband, Landon, who was my college sweetheart, and we've been married 18 years. I have two little ladies that I'm raising, and um, that's kind of what brought me into uh, the diaper bag space. I am a mom. I never, you know, even if I didn't love my diaper bag, I never thought to myself, like, I should make my own. So what was it that um, gave you the idea and frankly, the courage to step into a space you weren't super familiar with? So even before I had children, I had a love for handbags. And I was in outside sales for almost six years, right at six years before I had my first daughter, Caroline. I sold like everything. I sold interior plant design contracts to corporate accounts. (laughs) (laughs) I sold um, corporate industrial uniforms to car dealerships to um, you name it. I've sold office supplies to corporate accounts. Um, Paper is very competitive. Let me just say. I had no idea. Oh yeah. I had no idea either. (laughs) Um, and, you know, I was always meeting with the ultimate decision maker. And so feeling like I had a nice handbag. And for those of you who've been outside sales or direct sales, you know, kind of your uniform, your personal gear, it matters and how you present yourself. And for some, it's a great pair of shoes or that perfect popping earring that makes you feel kind of dressed for the day. And for myself, it was always a nice handbag. And I felt, okay, I'm ready for the day. I can go into this meeting and do what I need to do. And so when I had my first daughter, and really and truly the very first thing I looked for, and my husband laughs at this, was a diaper bag. And I was like, I am going to have like the most amazing handbag as a mom. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. is going to be just, just going to carry all the things. I need the Mary Poppins of diaper bags. I found just printed materials and things that were not in my, my love. Um, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff. I feel like, cause we both have 11 year olds. There was a lot of stuff around that time. Like I think of Petunia Picklebottom, yeah. which was so popular. Everybody loved it, but that definitely wasn't my style. It was a little too ornate for me. Right. So I know what you're talking about. There wasn't a ton out in the market at that time. Yeah, there wasn't. And so what I found myself doing after going through several designer diaper bags, just diaper bags, every price range, it was a joke within my family, like Megan's testing out a new bag. I am an overpacker for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing seemed to work or fit. So what I ended up doing, I was going to like Marshalls and TJ Maxx and purchasing the largest leather totes that I could find. They weren't, maybe they were great on the shoulder, but they didn't convert into backpack, which is a necessity. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were great in size, but then they were too floppy and they caved in on itself. I was constantly reinventing my process inside of my bag. I'm very organized by nature. And so I'd created this Ziploc bag system that was... (laughs) I love this. I love this. I mean, this is like, um, okay. So I created the Ziploc bag system and I even like, I labeled them. I had variety sizes, the gallons, the quarts, the snacks, and the sandwiches. And so they each had their own purpose. And while I wasn't in like 
the corporate sales world, when I had my oldest, I still had a part-time job um, at our church. And so we were the college and, and young professional leaders, which was wonderful, great season. I would pass off, you know, little Caroline and my entire Ziploc bag system. And so my mom so graciously followed <laughs> followed protocol in the Ziplocs. Then from there, I went on and I had Madeline, my second daughter. And I remember that aha moment for me. Again, I have zero design background. I, I my, my major was communications and journalism with a minor in English literature. So the idea, and I, I, I can't cut straight. I hate to admit that, but I can't. So this idea that I'm going to go now throw myself into the world of leather diaper bags was like humorous. Like, yeah, I mean, on, on so many levels, my second daughter, Madeline at the time was six or eight months old and I was meeting my mother-in-law for lunch and I sat down at a restaurant and I was carrying a leather um, handbag and then another bag that had the floppy high chair cover and a blanket and, you know, all the big bulky stuff. And I, I literally, the words out of my mouth were, there has to be a better way. Like we have yeah. to design, like I'm going to design a bag one day that does all the things and it's going to look beautiful while doing all the things. And she's like, yeah, you know, so, we, <laughs> so we ate our lunch. But from there, you know, I had to sit on that idea because it requires capital and finances and um, time. Time is a huge commodity. It required all of those things and none of which in that season of life did I have. I kept that for the first, from that moment for like the next two years, I would talk about it with Landon quite a bit and say, you know, I have this idea. It's not leaving. I don't know how to do it. And at the time he was in, um, he, had, he was a part of a startup in the biomedical space, just a small startup with a partner. And they were on the kind of the edge of, of being able to sell that, but there was no guarantees as kind of with anything. And then once you do you know, sell a small, a small business, then do you take your cash and put it all into another business? I mean, it's just like risk yeah. after risk, after risk, after risk kind of thing. And so we sat on this idea for, for a couple of years. Yeah. Until we actually did something with it. So, so here's always my question. Well, first of all, so you sit on it for a couple of years when you finally decide, okay, we're, we're going to go for it. We're going to try, we're going to develop a prototype or whatever it is that you do in this process. What year is this when you decide to go for it? This is like 2012. So we had a full okay. year behind the scenes of okay. factory, you know, locating a factory prototype learning how to speak the bag language and find, and we knew nothing about leather. I mean, nothing about, yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I think as someone who I've spent the last six months, me and a couple members of our team for the first time trying to develop product in a few different categories that mm -hmm. we feel really passionately about. Mm -hmm. This is no joke. This is mm -hmm. so now I know for a fact that, people can figure it out because clearly so many have. Mm -hmm. But I think for those listeners who who maybe don't grasp what this means, I want to express how difficult it is to step into a space like this with so many moving parts, so many components, so many things to figure it out. Not to um, discourage listeners from trying to do something, but to understand you can take on really daunting things. 
Mm-hmm. You can try really big stuff even when you're not really sure how you're going to get to the other end of it. So I would love to hear how did you get from, all right, we're going to do this thing to we actually have a, a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is daunting, <laughs> but it can totally be done. I think the, the first step for us was to get the bag on paper and get your get my idea on paper. And that was just between Landon and I initially. I want it to convert into backpack. I want the best quality of leather. You kind of write out your wish list. If you could create mm. a product, what what do you want it to do? What Where's the innovative factor? Is there a portion of it that's patentable? What does that look like? Let's go down that road a little bit. And so he he and I really did spend just a good chunk of time figuring that out. My very, very first step, which I don't really talk about, I contacted a gal on Etsy and she was a sewer. I said, I I have this idea. I'm not a sewer. And can I hire you to sew what's on my cardboard paper? Mm. And she was like, uh, wait, what? And I was like, you yeah. know, I don't have a pattern, but I yeah. can take a picture of my cardboard sketch and give you dimensions and drawings, but I need a sewer. And she was like, oh, righty. So um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she's like, what material? And she was in Louisiana. And I was like, oh, yes, like, this is great. So she and I, um, we spoke on the phone several times and I did my cardboard stuff and showed her some pictures of what I was talking about. And she created kind of our first little prototype, which looks absolutely nothing like any of our bags. So sure. Of course yeah, it, <laughs> it arrived and we were like, yeah, that's not going to work that right yeah. there. You know, she did great and she followed instructions and, but I had to learn the design language. So Google became my really good friend. And I learned that the side of a bag is called a gusset. And if you're going to talk to a factory and they ask you what a gusset is, you yeah. need to know that is a side panel of a bag. So, okay, there's two really great points in that story that I want to touch on for listeners. One is the idea of figuring it out. I This is, this is my career a million billion percent is we have taken on so many things that we have not known what the heck we are doing. And I feel like if you as a listener find yourself in a place where you're like, I want to build X, Y, Z, but I don't know how, ask yourself better questions. If you're not getting to the answer that you need or the solution, or you're not moving forward, you're not asking the right question. Instead of Megan saying like, I, I don't know how to design a bag. You went really tactical and said, okay, if I'm going to have a prototype, what will I need? Well, I need someone to make it. Okay, how who could possibly do that for me? Well, someone that knows how to sew. Okay, well, how could I find someone who knows how to sew? Well, I could go on Etsy and reach out and see if they could do it for me. I think of this with my own career, like uh, when we first got the the very first time I got a book deal to do a cookbook, mm-hmm. it was like, well, golly, we don't know how to do a cookbook. What <laughs> am I going to need? Well, I need someone who can take, who can make food that looks pretty and take pretty pictures of it. I can cook you dinner and it'll be delicious, but I don't know how to do those things. Mm-hmm. So 
by just breaking down like what is the result you want mm -hmm. okay now ask questions to figure out how to get there mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I love from that story is that your first attempt looks nothing like the business that you've built today because nobody's does. Yeah. Um, I was listening to a podcast this morning where they were talking about, it's like a Seth Godin quote is ship it, just ship it. Meaning like, just get your product together. Mm -hmm. Just get something, just get it into the marketplace because you are never, ever going to have a business if it has to be perfect mm -hmm. in order for you to put it into the world. Right. Yeah, that yeah, that's true. And you wouldn't have known that your that your the thing that you were envisioning in your head, like you needed to see the bad prototype to yeah. know what to fix, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. So, so you get um you get your prototype, or you get it to a place where you're going to go deal with factories. Now, do you have a factory that's in another country? I feel like we've talked about this because you travel quite a bit. Yeah. Um, we first started off manufacturing in the U.S. So our leather um, came from New York and then we manufactured our first line ever in New York. And all we could afford were, I, don't know, I think our order was, we had two bag types, you know, three colors, but we had a few in the red. And we started manufacturing um, in New York and we did, I mean, just a, as many, like we were stretching our dollar to get as many bags because you have like the behind the the behind the scenes stuff that nobody sees, which is you build out your website, you know, yeah. you spend cash doing marketing and prepping your brand before your launch and all the things. And so it's kind of the invisible work that is that goes unseen, but it really is is vital and important. And so um, our first production run was in New York. Our second production run was in New York, and then we grew pretty. Pretty quickly. And so we realized, okay, at this price point, it's not sustainable. The bags were considerably more. Um, yeah. And so we switched to a factory in China and um, mm -hmm. really have been honored to be able to do business there in the season and um, been really pleased with production. How many bags, like, are you starting with like 20 or a yeah. thousand? Yeah. No, our first production run was maybe under 500. Landon would probably have okay. the exact number. He okay. He manages the what I call the boring stuff. Girl, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to be in the same exact working marriage. Yeah. I am here for it. Yes. Yeah. So he manages like um, the logistics. He locates like factories. I mean, he is a wealth of business knowledge and e-commerce knowledge and finding out how to do that thing. Y'all, we are doing a community-wide challenge and it's totally free and I am challenging you to join us. It's called Next 90 Days, as in how can we be intentional, thoughtful leaders for the next 90 days? We're going to need our community. We're going to need accountability more than ever. So I want you to head over to theholliscode.com slash next 90. That's theholliscode.com slash N-E-X-T nine zero and join us. Every single week, Dave and I will be teaching on a different topic, things like perspective or reaching for joy or dealing with anxiety in these crazy times. We are going to give you so many free resources and surround you with community. When we did this at the end of last year, we had 650,000 people sign up and we feel like it can be bigger than ever. 
come together in a community of like-minded people and let's learn how to choose our mindset no matter what is happening in the world around us. Our personalities are vastly different. Just the other Mm -hmm. night, he's like, hey, babe, I'm going to be in my office at I don't know, some, you know, eight or nine. And I paid this little kind of service just to take another IQ test, just to make sure I'm sharp minded. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. I'm that's so like, funny. Oh my, what? So we, <laughs> be, we, and I'm over here like, I just want to love the people. I love all the pretty leathers. <laughs> I love the smell and the feel. This is so great. I just want to hug all the moms. You know, we could not. We are <laughs> we are in two totally different veins of our brand. Um, and so, yeah. And it really works. I'm sure it really yeah, works. Yeah, it really does. It, that's awesome. Yeah, it really um, does. Now, do you – I know that you started this way. Maybe you still are. Are you guys entirely um, – selling it through e-commerce? Are you in stores? Yeah, no, e-commerce. That's been our whole business model from the beginning. Okay. And we set okay. out a few goals, um, you know, before. So, and you know, my kind of career path is like outside sales, kind of selling all kinds of things, hustler. And, you know, when, before we even launched Lily J, there were some things that I physically wrote down and really worked into those things. So at the time, I was a homeschool, full-time homeschooling mom. So it was like career and outside sales, then worked some part-time stuff at the church. Then I homeschooled full-time my oldest daughter um, for three years. It was during that season that we launched Lily Jade. And um, so within e-commerce, you know, we, we sat down and said, we want to be able to provide the highest quality of good at a very reachable, manageable price. Our bags are still costly, but they have liner and detailing and pockets and panels and, you know, U.S. tanned leather. And we really wanted to be able to, we have, they have a year warranty. And so we had a list of like, we wanted to provide an incredible product at an obtainable price and great value. Then we also over here on this side wanted to keep some of the the values in our family that were priority and like take our kids to travel with us on business and kind of, you know, incorporate them as much as, as we can into the brand. So, okay, that's a great insight for me. Well, honestly, it hasn't really ever clicked for me in terms of people who stay just with e-commerce is that you are able to retain a larger margin of the product that you're selling because you're not having to split it with a store. Is that? Yes, absolutely. Is that? Yes. Okay, great. So in order to make, because that this is, this makes a ton of sense because I have friends who are in retail and we've talked about bags before. Mm-hmm. And the things that I have always heard about bags is it's like such a lower margin in comparison with let's say jewelry absolutely. or a t-shirt. Yeah, okay. So that makes a ton of sense like great business sense to me. Cause I have wondered that about y'all. Yeah. If you guys have never seen a Lily J bag, they're gorgeous. And you're going to want one, even if you don't have kids. <laughs> um, I think that's like the joke. The first time I ever saw one, 
um, our mutual friend, Jen Hatmaker, like had it over her shoulder mm-hmm. as her purse. Mm-hmm. And her youngest child at the time was like 10. <laughs> she was like, no, no, no. It's just a really good bag. And I think that's what's so great about the product is it is a diaper bag, but looks like a purse. Um, so you can really easily transition it. In fact, I'll tell you truthfully, I have never once carried my Lilla Jade bag as a diaper bag. Never one time. I only carry it as a purse. I'm like, this is for me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. And it's, like, it's all I carry. So I'm like, I yeah. sometimes I take the insert out. Um, sometimes I use it. Sometimes I take it out. We have um, packing cases now, organizing packing cases um, that are amazing. And so I use those quite often. Um, but I mean, it's. Wait, for packing in a suitcase? No, packing cases oh, organized. I just got so excited, by the way. Maybe that's a line that you could consider because yeah. that would be life-changing for all of us. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, 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 but I have wondered why y'all are not in store because it's they're such great bags that I'm always like, why aren't they in Nordstrom's? Why aren't they in? But now that makes absolute sense to me in a way I didn't understand. See, this is the kind of stuff that you have to figure out. Yeah. When you're, you know, you don't know before you start. That makes so much better sense. Yeah. Um, so you start like you, when you get, let's say, your third production run where you are you have a larger, I'm sure this is a much larger order, and now you're going to sell what you've got. Did you – I'm going to ask dumb questions okay. because this is just – I don't know the answer and I'm very curious. Did you, you – you guys ship them yourselves? You carry inventory? You Like how did you navigate that or were you doing like a – did you use a third party? Yeah, so initially we shipped them ourselves. Um, and we learned okay. early on, I mean, we would have the bag shipped to us, then we would do like quality control and inspection. I remember one big production run, our first big production run from overseas arrived and, um, you know, on a mass, you know, 18 wheeler kind of thing. And at the time, our driveway wasn't long enough to deliver goods from an 18 wheeler. <laughs> Um, but my parents was, and so, um, it was like, they were just, they were unloaded there and we were, had long tables outside in the driveway, um, you know, hand QC in our, our, our bags. The girls were involved and we pulled them in. Now they're ages 12 and nine on Sunday. Madeline will be nine, but your Caroline remembers life before Lily Jade. Madeline, it's just... It's just what kind of what we do. We learned early on, like within the first year, a year and a half, that we needed um, a 3PL, third-party logistics. And now all of our bags, um, currently we live in San Antonio, um, Texas, and our bags ship from Atlanta. Hey guys, we'll be back in a hot minute with more of this interview. But now a quick word from a sponsor. Having Rise FOMO? No worries, because we've got tons of Rise events coming your way in 2019. Make sure and check out letsrise.co for all the info. Need a date night? Schedule one, girl. Do your future self a favor and get cozy. It's the app that keeps my whole family schedule in one place, so I can add a date night with Dave and it automatically gets added to both our calendars. Get Cozy, C-O-Z-I, for free from your app store or at cozy.com forward slash Rachel. 
Hey y'all, do me a favor. While you're listening to today's episode, take a screenshot and put it on Instagram or your Insta stories and tag me. I love hearing what you think and seeing what you're up to and it helps the tribe remember to go listen to this week's episode. Thanks so much. I'm so like, I'm so, I'm sure I can't be the only one. Like I'm sure people listening to this, I find it so inspiring the amount of hard work it takes to go from that first, you know, production run of less than 500 and Mm. keep scaling and keep growing. Dang it. And how many, so from, from like, okay, I'm just to follow this journey. You get that, that first order at the house, you get that out the door. Now, how many more years until where we are today? Like how long ago was that? Three and a half years ago. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. That is insane. It's been a wild ride. I mean, one that definitely in every good way. I mean, when we launched Lily Jade, kind of my own mental safeguard, I would tell Landon, well, you know what, babe, if we just put all of our money into this and it like doesn't go well, I can just manage it like a little part-time job. (laughs) I I, like, you know, you could go like work for another corporation or do a different startup or whatever, but like, I could just, I can manage so many bags a day. And he was like, babe, like, you know, cause you, you know, you push, you push, go live or launch on your website and you just kind of wait and you're like, anyone, anyone? Yeah, please. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've told all my friends and family, you know, don't, shouldn't everybody know? I shared it on my personal Facebook page. Shouldn't we start, you know, generating something here? But it's, it's much bigger than that. And, and took a little more effort than that, but I am definitely, we have been overjoyed by, um, by the success. Very blessed. Yeah. What do you think you guys did really well with, I mean, if you're selling a product through e-commerce, mm-hmm. you have to know how to use social media in order to sell something. Mm-hmm. So are there a couple of things that you feel like either you figured out along the way or that you did from the start that were just really, you know, was it partnering with influencers or like what were things if someone's listening to this that they might be able to apply to their business? Yeah, for us, it was partnering with influencers for sure out of the okay. gate and, you know, we were had a very limited marketing budget um, and our bags cost us a lot of money at the time, especially. I mean, they were made in the U.S. And so it was one of those things because that was new to us and our experience in that was brand new. This idea that we ship this very expensive bag to an influencer and hoping that they're going to talk about it or say something great or really love it was a huge risk for our brand but it paid off. And early on, that is where we spent our time and our effort and took probably our greatest risk in in shipping product out to people we've never met. And to us, that was a really big deal, especially on a very limited production run. That's great. And over the time, over, and so now we have like our ambassadors and we have influencers and everything kind of in between. And, um, as time has gone on, you know, we've gotten smarter with Facebook ads and Instagram and that kind of thing. Um, but for sure, out of the gate, it was influencers. You are someone who I feel like um, as long as I've known you and known the brand, mm-hmm. you, at least from an outsider's perspective, I feel like you've you've always understood the power of Instagram. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are 
it's something that y'all I feel like get that so few people get. And I just want to beat it over your heads as listeners. It's when I'm asked to consult on social media for different brands, I just want to say it over and over again. You are not selling a product. Mm -hmm. You are selling the lifestyle that that product fits inside Mm -hmm. of. And you guys are not, if you go on and you should follow Lily Jade on Instagram because it's so cute. But if you go on your Instagram feed, you're selling a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. This is what this type of mom looks like. Mm -hmm. This is the branding that makes sense. This is, she's stylish. She's aspirational. You get that. Mm -hmm. And so few brands do, Mm -hmm. particularly for anybody who's selling a product that isn't inexpensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, this is an investment that you're making. And the great thing I think about y'all is you can get a bag that you use as a diaper bag and have it forever and ever. Amen. But I think it's a great, that's something you guys have really understood. And as an influencer myself, like back when we first got to know each other, Mm -hmm. the first thing I do when brands reach out to me And this is just a piece of advice for anybody listening who you love Megan's idea about, you know, getting some, some influencers to collaborate with you. The first thing that I do when someone reaches out is I go look at your feed. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't align with my feed, and I, I don't mean that in an obnoxious way, it doesn't have to be the same, like produce photos, but if you're not taking your branding seriously, Mm -hmm. well, we can't partner with you because we really care about the visual of anything that we send out into the world. So it's just worth saying, I think that's something y'all do really well. And if you're listening as a business owner and you want to sort of get inspired, definitely go follow them on Instagram because I think they're killing it over there. Thank you. (laughs) Oh my gosh, of course. Uh, So in the last, you know, you've had a pretty – I don't want to say fast ride because I feel like that's not fair for how much work has gone into it, but I feel like y'all have really grown and scaled a ton Mm -hmm. and had a bunch of success pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Are there ever times in that journey where it's felt overwhelming or you felt like, oh, I can't handle this or this is going quicker than I thought it would? Uh, Where where the – how fast you've gotten to this place, has that ever felt – you know, not great? Yeah. Um, I love that question. It's one too, that took me a while. If I'm just completely honest, it's a vulnerable place to talk from, but I feel like, um, once I started having this dialogue around other entrepreneurs and mompreneurs, I found that feeling this, this feeling, um, was, was not, um, out of the ordinary. But um, Mm -hmm. I I refer to it as having the poser mentality. So for me, I thought I would be the next Kelly Ripa. Um, I I would have loved, you know, New York. And um, my major was communications and and interviewing. And I I just watched her and thought, oh, she's so fun and how exciting. That would be like the dream of all dreams. So when I was kind of pushed into this or walked into this, um, space. I literally, for like the first two years, I was like, I like, I can't cut straight. I'm not a sewer. I don't have the knowledge I felt like I needed. And I felt like I was constantly trying to play catch up. 
And that's not a bad thing. It is, I'm not necessarily like a book reader, but I'm a figure it outer. (laughs) I'm a hustler. I love blogs. I love reports. I like, I enjoy the the process of figuring it out. Um, I love to pick up the phone and call someone who does it way better than I do or can do it better than I do. But being thrown not even just into the design space, but also in the luxury space. I mean, I, Landon and I would joke about like, we're not fashionistas. Like we're just not like I was a homeschooling mom and I was disqualifying myself consistently. Um, oh, I'm just a mom. Oh, I'm a homeschooling mom. You know, I'm not fancy enough. I'm not a designer. What am I? Like, <laughs> I really would at, at times, you know, years ago, I don't know if you've ever if you've ever felt that, I know in your, your book, you touch on it a bit in the, um, it's the chapter about smaller, um, you need to be Mm -hmm. smaller. And I was like, Oh, I can identify with aspects of that thinking. Like, like, you know, do you you know what you're doing? You know, I think the answer is, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, but I figured it out and I kept at it and I kept working towards it. That lie Mm -hmm. of not feeling like we're enough Mm -hmm. in any area of our life, not a good enough mom, not a good enough wife, not thin Mm -hmm. enough, not pretty Mm -hmm. enough, not smart enough, whatever. Mm -hmm. The antidote to that is grounding, grounding yourself in some truth that makes that obsolete, Mm -hmm. right? So you and I both have the same one. Mine is I have always figured it out and I always will. Mm -hmm. So even if there's something where I'm like, gosh, I've never done this thing before and I start to feel insecure and I'm not going to be able to manage it, I, oh, wait, you've always figured it out. Mm -hmm. That's true. Mm -hmm. I haven't figured out this thing yet, (laughs) but I certainly have a lifetime of figuring out other stuff. So I probably can do that again. Yeah. 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 And for me, I think too, you know, raising two daughters, having to like, change my inner dialogue. Like, what would I tell them? And, you know, I started to tell myself the thing I would tell them, which is Lily Jade will rise and it will change, but we will be your parents. We are Megan and Landon Wood. We are college sweethearts. We are your mom and your dad. Um, you know, those things don't change. And Lily Jade is what we get to do, but who we are are still your mom and your dad. And so it really like that began to shift, kind of put my identity and my thinking in the right place that I'm still going to be the, the gal who loves sunshine, Jesus, and a great bra. Like, <laughs> like that is not going to yes. change. That is not going to change. Yeah. So um, that, and, and I also had to be okay too. the second, the second thing that in that poser mentality, kind of walking out of that is like, I had to be okay with not like Lily Jade. It, we look different than most brands. I'm grateful for that. And they, we don't need another copycat. Our values, the things that our brand does, or maybe our mission, it's going to look different than another brand. And that's a good thing. That's, that's a okay. So, yeah. As you're at this place in your career and this place in your company, I'd love to hear about what you are doing today. And this is actually just something that I want for myself, whether or not it's helpful (laughs) for listeners. Um, You know, are you going to conferences? Do you have a business coach? Do you have a mentor? Like, 
every time we reach a new level in our careers or in our company, I think that you've got to then reach for someone who can kind of guide or some behavior you can model or something. Mm -hmm. So is that what are you doing today to help you navigate the new level that you're at? Great question. Um, So we, and sometimes just myself and and a few team members attend blogger conferences um, social influencer conferences annually. Sometimes we sponsor them. Sometimes we just attend them. Sometimes I may speak a little bit. We feel like it's important not only to connect and meet with the community, but also to learn the language and the lingo and to be just kind of, we're all kind of moving together. And how can we be a better brand that speaks their language, that honors them as an influencer and what are their needs? That's very valuable to us and valuable to me for sure. Every single episode, I ask the same five questions because I am a weirdo who wonders this about other women in business, and so I'm going to ask these questions to you. What time do you get up in the morning? 6.45, unless I'm talking to the factory or corresponding with them late in the night because the days and nights are flip-flopped, then um, Mm -hmm. it's later, but yeah. And what does your morning routine usually look like? Um, Wake up, get the kids ready, breakfast. Read, read a little devotional and uh, hit the office. It's not, <laughs> I'm not running three miles like you are in the morning, <laughs> but I want to be, we can all aspire. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what is, are you a coffee drinker? And if so, what's your like dream coffee order? If calories don't count and you can have anything you want, what do you order? Oh, if calories don't count, it's probably coffee plus cream. It's mm-hmm. just, I, I don't like a lot of cream though. I don't like sweet coffee necessarily, unless it's like a frappuccino, something crazy. But um, yeah, but I really, I love coffee. I know. I, now, do y'all still have to travel You pretty regularly throughout the year? Is that right? This is the first year since we've launched Lady Jade that we haven't traveled a ton. Um, we are building a home and right next door to my parents. I'm super excited about that. They are definitely the unsung heroes in this journey for sure as long as as well as Landon's family what's the item then when you have had to travel a ton that you just like I can't I can't travel without this thing bright long red extend um, cable chargers for your phone so we have left a million in hotel rooms a million and so we now have found these long red cord chargers and their cables and they're super long and they're bright and we never leave them. And, um, that's so smart. Yeah, and I also bring my sheets. <laughs> no, you don't. Oh, that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Yeah, I do. I've had enough just shady hotel yeah. situations. So you just pack them in I just bag. pack a little twin set. You never know when you're yep. going to need a, yep. a clean pair of <laughs> that's hilarious Um, what is your favorite physical activity and how often do you do it so taking out taking a long hot bath yes (laughs) that's great removing that as my favorite physical activity no um I'm a treadmill gal I have one in my bedroom at home um and it's kind of unconventional but as an entrepreneur. It has been a lifesaver to both my husband and I in different seasons of life. And I try to get on it a couple times a week. Ideally, it would be a lot more. And I'm kind of in the season of the uh, needing a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. 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 
the last question I always ask is if you could tell the women listening to this one thing, one piece of advice that they would take in as truth, that they would practice or believe from this day forward that you feel like has been an incredible lesson for you to have learned, what is the thing you would tell them? Um, that you can have it all, but you can't have it all in the same season. That mm. patience is an ultimate virtue. I talk about this on our social channels quite a bit. You know, oftentimes we may know in our knower that something's going to happen or that we're called to something like, I know years ago, I would have said, I know that I'm going to do something entrepreneurial together with Landon. Like we knew that, but when it doesn't happen, when we think it's supposed to happen, sometimes it's easy. And I know I've, I've done this is I'm like, well, I guess like I missed the mark or like I've fallen short or I shouldn't have spent my last $200 on X, Y, and Z because then this, <laughs> yeah. you know, this over here would have worked out. Um, but in reality, it's just not the right time or the right season. Mm -hmm. And it's not a punishment and you're not lacking anything. It's just not the right time. And in that waiting for the season, you know, patience in character is being built in the process and it's not in vain. It's valuable gold that I feel like we get to kind of store up and cultivate in the waiting for the season yeah. for that thing to happen. So you, you can have it all, but you can't have it all in the same season. Oh, I love that. I love that. And it's so true. Thank you so much for taking the time, for sharing your wisdom. I'm so um, blessed that I get to just have the time with you today to chat and talk about things and feel some solidarity and some things that we're both walking through right now. Mm. So I super appreciate you hanging out with us. And I know that listeners are really going to benefit from the time that you took. So thanks. Girl. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. I loved it. Thank you. We will be back with another episode next week. In the meantime, if you have a moment and you can write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that is life to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, you can check out deuspodcast.com or stalk me on every form of social media. I am Miss Rachel Hollis on every single platform. Thanks to our producer, Allison Cohen, our sound engineer, Jack Noble, and our sound editor, Andrew Weller. Most importantly, I hope you heard something today that inspires you. I'll see you next week.